The Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Mortgage CS. Become a Mortgage CS Ricky VIP by going to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. L.L. Poforsky Jewelers, where rights to Ricky Sanchez go and get engaged and stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe. You go to uh, rightstrickysanchez.com slash newsletter for the newsletter and statesidevodka.com for the vodka. On the show today, Ben Simmons has no regrets and would love to be traded to Philadelphia. We will rank the 2024 free agent class and CJ adopts a dog. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. Oh, my God. My guy, please subscribe um, if you're watching live or if you're watching on uh, recorded. We do all the pods live. So hit subscribe and turn on notifications. If we don't get to 12,000 by the time the season starts, we kill CJ. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka is everywhere. The surf sides are everywhere. Every time I look at social media and it's a Phillies game, they're drinking surf sides. People are drinking surf sides everywhere. It might not be just the most popular iced tea and vodka drink, but the most popular drink in America right now. Only a couple grams of sugar, only 100 calories, and tastes amazing. The perfect amount of sweetness. Try all the flavors. You can get the variety pack at statesidevodka.com, but you have to be 21. Hey, we got a note from Mark, a longtime Ricky listener, from he... Uh, and his family, Meg and Bruce, about their dog, Molly. CJ, could you put up Molly, the photo of Molly right there? There is Molly. Molly is seven years old and a processed pup and recently diagnosed with uh, bone cancer, um, and it is inoperable. So um, they're really just making Molly comfortable and giving her a great life as she um, suffers with that. Uh, Mark sent a note and said that he would love some good vibes from the Ricky community for the family, but mostly for Molly, because she's been such a loving member of the family. So we're sending Molly's family love, of course, and Molly, who looks like a very good girl on that bib darker. She looks very sweet. What beautiful colors. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Sweet eyes as well. Just looking at you, knowing that you love her. So um, the best to Molly and best to Molly's family. Love you guys. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with the guy who is the star of the brand new Sixers podcast, the Rights Ricky Sanchez, the new season. Wow. That is one Mike Levin. Number one. We're starting over. <laughs> Here it From is. From the beginning. From the beginning. Delete well, the library. Yeah. 
we're not starting topic wise from the beginning. We're starting right from now, right? Uh, yes, we're definitely not going backwards. We've done we've done that. They didn't <laughs> arguably it didn't happen. Just a few times. Would you rather start with the twenty twenty four Sixers or twenty four? Let's start with Ben. We gotta start with rather. we gotta start with Ben. The free, we gotta we start. We gotta with ben. start with Ben. We gotta do it. We don't have such little you. news. Yes, God bless all the time. You. Oh boy! And I, I want. I know. It. I know you want it. And I, I do. You're waiting to make your statement, and I have some. I have some stuff to say also, but I'll let you. I'll let you kick us off. So Ben Simmons is doing it again, almost exactly the same. He's got his playbook. It's three pages long. He takes pictures with his shirt off. He hits jump shots in practice. And then he talks about how this year is going to be different than the previous years and how ready he is. He's doing it right now. And he did an interview with Mark Spears from Anscape, which is a... <laughs> it is remarkable that we keep doing this. Yeah, it's but, every year. <laughs> it's really every year. It's your, it's your like six of this. Yeah. I've never heard of Anscape, which is where Mark Spears was writing. I thought he wrote for Yahoo, but maybe he did before. But in any case, so there's this interview... And it is the style in which he's not writing a profile with quotes. It is question, answer, question, answer. Anscape is what the uh, the undefeated used to be. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know it had changed uh, names. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense then. Um, The questions to Ben look as if they were sent directly from the reporter version of Ben Simmons who is doing the same thing every year and asking him questions specifically so he can give those correct answers. We have so many quotes from this and I would like to read about them. I will read them and he's a fisherman and he's back ready to dominate. There were two things that struck me specifically. First, and this is a note to anyone who has said this and it was a few people. There is a quote that we'll get to later where he says he loves Philly. It's a second home. If he could be traded anywhere, it would be Philly. That's the Which, main quote that people are getting from. Yes. I, would, should I read that? I'll read. Yeah. That. The main quote. How would you reflect back on your Philadelphia days? Um, reporter GPT says I had a, I had a lot of fun there. It was time for me to go. When I did leave, it was good timing. Obvi- obviously the injury and everything that was going on didn't help but I think it gave me a chance to really appreciate it. I'll always have love for Philly. People always ask me like, if you were getting traded again, where would it want to, where would you want to be? I always say, the Nets Philly. always ask me <laughs> if you, if you would please like to be traded for the love of God, where, who would accept you and what would be easiest for everyone involved? And then he answers this way and they just smash their heads right into the wall. I always say just Philly. Philly's like a second home to me. And in time you learn and grow as people. I don't really have anything bad to say about Philly. It was a crazy situation at the end, but it is what it is. So the striking thing, there's two striking things. The first thing is not about Ben, is just about, there were actually emailers and voicemailers that said, if given the opportunity, they would just trade James Harden for Ben. This is a really... This is a real, this is a science experiment. We are under evaluation across the board. But if you could tell me that he would be the guy that he was in 2019 or something versus James Harden 
after a trade request that doesn't get honored? I would take the early career Ben Simmons over over a over a James Harden, you know, trying to dissolve the Sixers franchise. Absolutely. But it's 2023. It is unfortunately. Yeah, I keep so looking at the calendar. Remind you of that. Yeah, it's worth worth reminding. The thing that I saw in this, and he just refuses yeah. to allow me to have empathy for him and sympathy for him. He refuses. He won't let it happen. He is still in such awful denial about what happened and what is going on that it is borderline psychotic. He gives... I think, But I think nobody ever is. Is there an example of somebody that really, really looks at themselves ever and goes, it was my fault yes. for this, that this didn't work out. Yes. Have you not been in a relationship that failed? And you're no, no, like, I mean, ah. I mean on the, on the, like in, in sports, but this is different. I'm sorry. I, this is, I just, I can't believe these quotes from how one, from how like he can't stop saying that he was all defense and an all-star. It in seasons that seem like they were like a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. he can't this and this injury that he had every interview he does, the symptoms get worse back then. I couldn't even stand. I couldn't get in the car. It was uncomfortable for me to do everything. I was like, Hmm, it doesn't, it didn't seem that way. And then just, he, he asked him, uh, we'll get to it. Mark Spears asked him if he would change anything. I bet you, don't know. I bet, bet you can't guess what he's going to say about that. Because I he, think he's going to say no regrets. <laughs> there we go. Mm, interesting. And, yeah. Interesting. It's so weird. Think regrets are like the worst thing that anyone could have. I just you could choose between regrets and like a a deathly illness. They'd be like, well, I would rather take the death. I wouldn't want to have regrets. God forbid, I have regrets. The yeah, idea because, that I could do something wrong that I could learn from. No regrets for me. Well, the the best part is here. We go. Is is. The question is, if you could go back, anything you'd change. I don't know, because it might affect the future now. I don't think I would change anything. Sure. It's easy to say that you would change things, but at the same time, that's the only way you're going to learn or get new places. You've got to go through it. My friend, it's not like it has worked out. <laughs> it hasn't worked out. You should have done things differently. Yeah, you should have some regrets. <laughs> What have you learned? You're doing the same thing. Yeah, he is doing the same thing. Almost yeah. as if it were a script. And Nickelodeon didn't even change the title on this one. It, Disney Channel. But Disney yes. Channel. Yes. But yes. I appreciate it. From the filter yeah. in. I I just there are quotes. I can read the quotes. Do you want to give me your top line? It's just I, don't look. I'm promising you it would not work out for you if you got traded back to Philadelphia. And I don't think you were being genuine. I think maybe it was funny or maybe you're trying to talk yourself into it or maybe you're trying to act like you were above it and not bothered by it. I don't believe it was genuine, but in the 3% chance it was genuine, I would recommend it not happening. I think that would be the best for everyone. What do you think Joel thought about these quotes? I think... If I know Joel at all, 
and I don't know him personally, but obviously we know him well as somebody who has reacted to things. I would have to guess that he wanted to tweet something passive aggressive about it. Like, it must be infuriating to read this. Oh, what happened at the end was crazy. Well, it was crazy for, it was crazy for everybody, but you who was doing it, <laughs> you were making it crazy. Yeah, you were doing that. Do you it think was, that it was, does this give you any feeling one way or the other um, about how much blame was laid at Doc Rivers' feet now that he's gone? And Ben is saying more positive things about Philadelphia, which is he's saying things about Philadelphia, the city, not Philadelphia as an organization. Right, right, right. Yeah. Does it, what did I blame? Are are you saying we should blame Doc Moore? Not whether we should, whether like how much of Ben's issue. Oh, was Doc. Was Doc. And had they, you know, Harden made a trade request, didn't want to play for Doc anymore and still made the trade request. Right. Uh, Ben made the trade request, didn't want to play for Doc anymore, and they didn't fire Doc in the past. Had they fired Doc then, do you think that Ben would have come back to work and it, it would have all been fine? No, I think largely the reason that he... I didn't had not thought of that. That's a good pickup. I had not thought of that. My sense for Ben and why he didn't want to get traded is that he was trying to run from the embarrassment of what happened. And he thought that if he was somewhere else the problems which were central to who Ben is and not Philadelphia would go away. But as he's found, he can, you know, go a hundred miles away and the problems still face him. So I thought it was he more did go as him. close as possible. He is, he is at the closest possible team. For sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Basically. Yes. Within a few miles of Madison Square Garden, I would assume. Yes. Yeah. I don't think it was about, do you think that? I think it was a lot about Doc, and I hmm. think that the um, Embiid and Ben relationship, which had been, you know, I would say never, it never rose to the, especially before the trade request, it never rose to any, like, altercation. They were to tolerating our, each to other. They tolerated each other, um, but didn't necessarily like playing with each other or or interacting with each other i don't know but like it seemed like it was just like fine he threatened to slap the shit out of shake milton but he didn't threaten to slap the shit out of ben um so i wonder i wonder how much of it was that how much of it had they fired doc then if they had just if it would have been just like okay like we'll just go back to this sort of unpleasant but workable work relationship i'm not sure i mean doc did kick him out of practice like and B didn't kick him out of practice, you know? Yeah. I think for most of that season, my recollection of it is Embiid was saying all the right things. He wasn't saying Ben is a no-talent, slimy piece of shit or something. Yeah, but then as soon as he got traded, he did the he did the meme with the guy who goes to his hater's yeah, funeral. He did, he did yeah. do that, yeah. <laughs> Yes, the guy who goes to his hater's funeral. It yeah. always sounds funny when you're trying to, <laughs> to describe a meme. It's never a good description. There's no good way to do it. It's impossible. No. Yeah. Um, I did. Do you want to go to commercial? Because I have yeah. another thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. After the commercial, I got something for you. Woo! That's a tease. CJ, get it ready. Mm. The, you know, you say commercial, I say partner. Our partner. I guess it's a commercial for our partner. Mortgage CS. We 
love Mortgage CS. I was emailing with Alec today from Mortgage CS. It's Alec and Ben over there. The thing about them, so Mortgage CS is a mortgage broker, an independent mortgage broker, an independent mortgage broker who has helped several in the Ricky community, a local independent mortgage broker. Why does this matter? Why does independent matter? It matters because you can be sure that their primary goal is you is to make you happy, is to make sure you know more about the, the mortgage process, is to be there for you whenever you need them. Sometimes a mortgage broker could have a relationship with a bank that is the lender that you don't even know about. And sometimes that could lead them to lead you in a direction that might be best for them, but not be best for you. And the difference with Mortgage CS is that the communication is the difference. They're there for you whenever you need them. The uh, just the way that you get treated, you get treated like you're a friend, like you have a cool friend who knows a shit ton about mortgages. You could call or text their CEO, Ben, right now. Ben, different Ben. Text him, ask him about Ben Simmons. I'll give you Ben's cell phone number right now, Ben Stucker, 267 391 7425. 267 391 7425. They know when you're buying a home and you need a mortgage, you could need them at Anytime, literally anytime, at night, on the weekends, and they're always there for you. There are tons, a couple hundred five-star reviews on Google. You could look at them right now. If you go to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky, you can see the amazing microsite they have built for Ricky listeners. You can go there to set up your consultation with Mortgage CS. So many Ricky listeners have gone, have told us about it. Every single one of them gives us a great review. Again, call or text Ben at 267-391-7425 or go to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. This advertisement is not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Mortgage CS is an equal housing opportunity mortgage broker. All loans are subject to credit approval. Certain restrictions may apply. Company NMLS 1464766. Visit mortgagecs.com slash Ricky for more information. All All right. right. What is your thing? Okay. Well, I think you can see it in the green room. It's a trade. Let's do it. Let's see what a Ben Simmons trade looks like. CJ, put it up. You are preparing all the Sixers acquire for James Harden and PJ Tucker. Friends, go to Brooklyn for Ben Simmons, Royce O'Neal, Dariq Whitehead, and our first round pick back that we traded in the original Ben Simmons, James Harden trade and a 2029 first. Interesting. No, but not complete because there's a second trade that comes after this. Or you send him to the moon, send him to Mars. CJ, trading Tobias and Philip Petrusev to the Clippers now that Harden's off the table. The Clippers then become interested in Tobias, which they have been interested in, for Powell, Batum, and Covington. Maybe you have to throw one of the picks that the Sixers got in the Harden trade into this trade. And then they have a deeper, more flexible, more defense-first team with some juice in there. And the roster becomes, the starting lineup becomes... These are the options. Maxi, Norm Powell, Royce O'Neal, Simmons and Bede are as you the starters. Doing? With I'm just we're looking at it. We're looking <laughs> at a possibility. We're looking at it. We're exploring all options. All right. Pat Beverly, D'Anthony Melton, Nick Batum, Robert Covington, and B Ball as the backup uh, off the bench. And then Springer Drake Drake Whitehead, who I do like very much. Drake Whitehead's gonna be good. He's gonna be a really good two-way player. Um, plus Cork Miles and House and Mobamba. What Roster looks better to you, Spike. The one where they do those two trades, sending out essentially 
Harden and Tucker and Tobias, or the ones where they keep all those people. James Harden is convinced to come back and plays his darndest and tries really good to win basketball teams for his for games for his old friend Daryl, who he announced to Chinese children that he would never be a part of an organization with him again. Do you like the trade roster? Which also the trade roster, let's let's say that one of the picks is sent with Tobias. So they they that the trade roster also includes the Sixers being up one more first round pick. Or the Harden comes back roster. Can I take one step back or do you just want me to answer this first? Answer it first and then you can step back as much as you want, like your friend James Harden would do. Okay. And as in he takes step backs. I'm taking the Harden roster. Wow. Because Simmons will not play. But Harden might not play. But he, I, will t- I will take my chances with Harden. Because Simmons, so the thing with Simmons, I should have mentioned this. He has one additional year yeah. left on his contract than Harden does. It feels like it would be more, but it is only one additional year. Because he's been not playing for so many years. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Well, I like the part where... The Clippers are like, shit, we can't get James Harden. Give us Tobias Harris and Philip, Philip Petrosev. That's mostly the same thing. <laughs> well, they would trade. They would acquire it for less than they would have to acquire for Harden. And the Sixers would be more willing to do this trade. What would you do? What would you do? You, you're psychotic. You need, the strike needs to end. That's, I, well, yeah. that's, that's definitely true. Yeah, the uh, article- not without a fair deal. And these are two fair <laughs> deals, I think, would be interesting. Um, I, I truly like Simmons is, I cannot even comprehend what has happened to him and what the kind of basketball player he will be going forward. Um, if at all now, Mm -hmm. um, it's weird that he said that to me that he said he would, he would want to come back to Philadelphia. Yeah. I don't know what it's weird to say that. And then to not also go like, ha ha ha, just kidding. Well, I would, or like if he's saying it earnestly to, to not also go, well, you know, I mean, that ended, that ended badly. And even just like blow, call Doc out for everything. Just be like, I just hated playing for Doc and I'll never play for that dude again and fuck him. Um, but now that he's gone, like I love Philadelphia. Me and Joel made some, did some great things there. A lot of guys that I'm still friends with all my house, whatever the fans, I know that they're passionate, but like whatever, whatever. But it's weird to say it and not follow it up with that to just say it and be like, that's it. That's end of the sentence. Um, And I'm just so down on the idea of James Harden. Well, let me make it clear. So am I. No, I'm familiar. I've listened to a few of the podcasts that we've done. I've been present. I've been. uh, I've watched the YouTube. I've watched the YouTube that we're doing right now. Um, (laughs) Subscribe now. Turn on notifications. The so then to to move Harden. I'm not, I'm not that excited about the Sixers potentially, you know, the Sixers uh, prospects of getting some of the guys that we're going to talk about next. So if you go like Simmons, you can just like treat him as an expiring contract next year, trade him for some of these guys along with the first that you got. I like a lot of those types of players that the Sixers have acquired. Royce O'Neal, Nick Batum. I think Batum would be a, an Embiid favorite. Covington back. Norm Powell has some juice. I think it was MOC that was like, we're a little too down on Norm Powell. And I think that's probably right. Um, MOC also said, (laughs) 
his his paragraphs about Mobamba were incredible. Yeah, no, like, he's not a Bamba guy. I'm more. I'm more. I'm not thinking he's going to be good, but I'm more of a Bamba guy than than Moc is. Yeah. So it's just like in a world where it's. I would try. I would choose a third door if we could choose a third door. But in a world where it's right Harden, Harden expires here, and we essentially punt this year, mm-hmm. or the idea of if you, I wouldn't do this trade now because Simmons is so unknowable. But if you could, in a world where you can guarantee that he is the guy from four years ago, then these guys plus athletes that try hard, Norm Powell, Royce O'Neal, Covington and Matuna off the bench, an extra first round pick having an expiring contract next season to trade for one of the guys that the Sixers are considering. I love Derek Whitehead would be a fun pair with Maxi for the, as a future backcourt. Like this is all very exciting to me. Whereas I look at the team now and again, we're not allowed to look at the roster until uh, the end of this month, which is coming up. Ben could be on it. Ben could you be on it. No, you know, it's just the, no the roster right now is such a nothing. It's such, it's barely even like put together. Mm-hmm. Um, so this the idea of starting just like putting some new names in there seems interesting to me because I, I just feel they have a better chance of going let Maxi hit a ceiling let Embiid have guys around him that are athletic and try this is not there's still shooters out here Norm Powell's a good shooter Royce O'Neal's a pretty good shooter Batum and Covington defense and shooting some passing some creativity some juice some youth Derek Whitehead can somebody in California go to Mike's house and check on Mike? Yeah. I don't look, it's it's only the idea that a that a five years ago version of Simmons, the one that we had before the Hawk series. And then you could go like, all right, he's he doesn't play the fourth quarter or something like that. I don't know. I don't fucking know. But Harden's not gonna work out. So we may as well like dream about this. This is kind of fun. And mostly I just wanted to show it to you and see what you thought. <laughs> Surprise me. And see if it's possible. So because a lot of people are making the jokes that it'd be funny to for for them to trade Harden for Simmons back. But I don't think anybody's really thought about how ridiculous it would be if they just did a, t- a, t- a backseas. I, it would be the, the most listened to podcast we've ever done. Doing a backseas would yeah. be really very funny. Um, and we're in August. and Might as well. You might as well. Some Could happen. Some, some quotes, just in case you missed it. Um, regardless of what people say, I'm a three-time all-star, all NBA player, all defensive team. I've done things. I'm not somebody that hasn't done anything. Sometimes I think about my recent struggles. I'm like, damn, that's a lot. Sometimes I sit (laughs) down. (laughs) Sometimes I sit down and I break it down. That was exhausting to have to deal with all that. But I feel like there are different situations you can handle. And this is a good test for me. How much worse can it get? Just me. Uh, Looking off into the distance, uh, shirtless and sweaty from a gym like Ben Simmons with the, the quote under it, sometimes I think about my struggles. Yep. Um, uh, were you playing when you probably shouldn't have been playing last season? Yeah, definitely. Mm. I was definitely on the floor when I shouldn't have been on the floor to start the season. But also, But I also don't think I was in a place not to play. That played into it too. But at the end of the day, my body is my career. So I do need to be healthy. So I made decisions based on just trying to please the people. I don't think that was right personally for me, but I'm a competitor and I do want to compete. Uh, Two more. Anybody ever said they're not a competitor? (laughs) 
Uh, the question, you're an avid fisherman who has fished on the shore regularly by your home in Miami and the deep sea on weekends this off season. Hard has there been, have there been any lessons that you've learned that you can apply to next season? Quote, I plan on doing some lobstering. <laughs> it, it is really like, like this isn't politics and it's not important. And we all know it's not important. Yeah. But like, if you're going to do the 19th interview with Ben Simmons in the last four, well, no, two, it's, God, the Hawks series only two years ago. Oh my God. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I just had a little stroke. It does. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to do another interview with him, like you got to ask the tough questions. Yeah. You like, you actually do like owe it to journalism to ask him tough questions. You can't, it can't just be softball stuff. Like actually sit down, record it, release it as a podcast or a, a here's all the words we said, you know, written down, transcribed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like this is a, a strange thing happened and to treat it like here's just another interview with friggin' Desmond Bain about the new season. It's just very bizarre for us all to be ignoring it. Everyone talks about it. What, what is the, what is the utility of this interview? And I just, I don't know. It feels, I don't know if like people it's don't strange. give athletes don't give interviews like that anymore or, you know, so much you have to deal with relationships and stuff, but go on podcast P and let them ask you real questions. Absolutely. Go, you know? which is, there's a lot of good stuff on there. Paul George go. is better at this than I would have guessed. Go on the 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 Pat Bev pod or yeah, something. Anything. But like actually be asked hard questions and actually answer them where you have to look inward or blame somebody else. Like, I don't know. It's just very feels if that and that's I think essentially what the um the gym, the shirtless gym pictures and like fade away 17 footers every year feels like is like, how are we doing this again? It feels it is it's insane Groundhog Day level of like are they is it really going to happen again? Like what year is it going to stop? Never. Twenty thirty one. Are we going to get Ben shirtless with a like in the gym shooting with like a new couple chains and like saying he's in the best shape of his life and the same meme accounts and highlight accounts doing. Simmons has a jump shot. Look out. Eye emoji. 2031. Pick a year. Pick a year when, when I'm not going to see that. I don't think there is one. The year Alex does not Cooper's exist. will still be there in, in 2031 taking photos of Ben. A couple more. What was the, the, I like this one. What was the toughest days of your NBA career? I don't think it was days. It was more like times. Like the time when I got traded when I was hurt. Wait a minute. You're making this sound like it was done to you. You asked to be traded. You wouldn't even play. The time I got traded when, when I was hurt. time of his NBA career was the time he got traded when he was hurt. Yeah. Okay. Um, I hear swagger. I hear confidence in you that I haven't heard in a while. Am I wrong in that? No, that's not a question. Was it really? Yes. I put so much work in and I know where I'm at. Give me another month until training camp. I'm blessed to have that time. I feel like I, I feel I'm going to have less time, but I'm using each day as an opportunity to get better. There's no other option. People ask me, there's no other option. I have to kill 
That's all I can do. I have to kill. People ask me what? Who knows? And then here is my favorite part. Uh, there's so what many are they asking him? parts. I have no idea. What are they asking him where his answer is, I have to kill? I have to kill. <laughs> okay, two more. One, do you have a sense of what position, there's a, this is a two-question thing. Do you have a sense of what position the Nets will play you next season after playing center? How are we still doing position? Point guard. That's who I am. As much as people say, fix this, fix that, no. I'm a point guard. When I was playing at that high level, no one was really saying anything to me. And then this is my favorite part. So Coach Vaughn has communicated that to you? Yeah, we've spoken about that. I think he's come down enough to where he knows, okay, he's going to be ready. Come down enough? Yeah. Come down from where? From where? And finally, how do you look back at that Game 7 loss of the 2022 Eastern Conference semifinal okay. to the Atlanta question. Hawks? Your last game in a Sixers uniform is often brought up. Do you ever, do you even reflect on that? Um, even. Yeah. I don't even remember that game anymore. To me, I made a play. I gave it to somebody who's probably going to shoot better than me from the free throw line at that moment of the game. It didn't work, but I made a play. People make hundreds of plays throughout the year. They're mm. not always going to make the right play at the right time, but it was a play. How many but, plays do you think on average someone makes? Every day, hundreds. hundreds of plays, hundreds throughout the I'm year. I'm going to play right now. But that wasn't the factor of the game. You can go back and look at different things within the game where it could have been better. For me, shooting free throws was one of them, but it didn't happen. So that's just something that you keep working on. Yeah, I mean, like he's obvious. How are we still doing this? It is psychotic. I just wanted to Mike. fuck with you and bring up some <laughs> trades. And you listen to these quotes. I didn't even read these other quotes. I just saw the headline. I baited you right back. You, you thought did. you were going to bait me. You I'm did. baiting you. You did. You did. You really <laughs> the did. The rights to Ricky said, we're going to get to two things. We're going to get to the free agents of 2024, but also a big announcement regarding CJ, which I didn't know if you know. The rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky. Jewelers. This comes from Francis. I am Fran, a Philadelphia transplant living in London who just loves staying up past midnight to watch the Sixers and then tell everyone at work the reason I'm tired is because I watched a guy named B-Ball Paul and that's better than sleeping. I love it so much. I got my British wife hooked on the Sixers and the Ricky. She likes the Ricky more than the Sixers. But this isn't about us. It's about first and foremost, our friends, Brad and Vita, both loyal Ricky listeners who got engaged this year after being LL's 295th Ricky customer. They're both great people and we couldn't be happier that they're engaged and get to grow old together being tortured by the Sixers. Unfortunately, I didn't send this email soon enough after they got engaged and I have since delayed it hoping that when you give the shout out, it wouldn't be before an episode about the Sixers getting kicked out of the playoffs, Harden doing Harden things or Embiid never wanting to leave. But then I realized there's no escape and it's better late than never. I was hoping that you could give this awesome couple a congrats shout out on being LL's 295th and equally important on Vita saying yes when Brad actually proposed. So congratulations, Brad and Vita. And then they shout out a, a dog rescue in Spain, actually. A Laura dog rescue. Um, but there you go. Congratulations. Right, uh, LL Poforsky Jewelers, LL has sold over 330 rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners engagement rings. You know it's basically a rule. If you're listening to the Ricky and you're going to get engaged, you must, must go to L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. In fact, if you don't, you're not allowed to listen to the podcast anymore. He, uh, 
He is such a gentleman, the very first sponsor of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. And truly, we, we joke about this all the time that the emails are fake. We've received so many emails from people who have gone to Lee and all of them are just effusive in their praise. Is that the right word? I think it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I believe it because he's a great, great, great guy. Um, and great jewelry, no stress, no pressure. Go to LL. If you're going to do it, make an appointment because that way he can give you the proper attention. 215-627-2252. 707 Walnut is where the store has been for more than three decades. You can email him, lee at llpavorsky.com or tweet him at llpavorsky. Uh, he is a supporter of Providence Animal Center and uh, Mama T's Community Fridge, our charities, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Sometimes he thinks about his struggles because he's a competitor. CJ adopted a dog. CJ, what's that? That's big. With the girlfriend? CJ and his girlfriend, Kelly, adopted a dog. The dog is named Norman. CJ is currently getting up. His three-inch inseam is right in front of the screen. (laughs) Unbelievable. Is is CJ getting the dog? I think he's going to get Norman. He's gone to receive the dog. Should I add him to screen? I'm adding to stream. Yeah, add him to the stream. Doesn't have it. Oh, wait, I'll do it. No dog. There we go. No dog? No. He's coming. Oh, dog okay. coming. This is big. Oh, boy. They're unveiling. Is Kelly there? There's Kelly. Oh, oh wow. Oh, look at Norman. Norman. Norm reveal. Oh, look at him. This wow. is a reason to go to YouTube, by the way. If and the chat is going crazy for CJ. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> the chat is going nuts for Norman and CJ. <laughs> Docs are phone numbers. Oh. <laughs> How That's old is really Norman? Dog. Six months. Yeah. Oh, wow. And what kind of dog is he? Uh, lab lab retriever mix. Yeah. We think we now we've never done the test on Rebel, but we do believe that Rebel is largely lab, uh, or at least a good portion of lab. Is Norman a good boy? Oh, he's so good. This, is, right. this is day two, so he's he's still getting used to the new environment. Day two. Yeah. yeah. He's, oh, God. he's been doing great. Congratulations, CJ. That's big. Congratulations you. to you both. Um, this is speaking of dogs, this is late as we normally introduce this earlier in the summer, but there were some changes over at Providence Animal Center. So it took us a little longer to get it together, but the Ricky Bark in the Park team is back. We want to raise $15,000 for the Providence Animal Center at their annual 5k, which is October 21st. If you join the Ricky team and raise at least 50 bucks, you get the Ricky shirt as well. The Ricky team shirt. Here it is. Uh, which is a takeoff of Tribe Called Quest Low End Theory. If you don't know this visual reference, it is a cool one. It's a very Gen X vi- digital reference or visual reference. But uh, so there you go. So join the team. Um, CJ will put the uh, the link. CJ is in the chat. Um, if you're watching live, uh, the the link to join the team will be right there in the chat. If you're listening or watching on recording, it will be in the um in the show notes. So please join. Let's raise a ton of money. It's been a tough year for animal shelters everywhere. You know, if you remember during the pandemic, especially the first year or so, we were hearing about all those dog adoptions that happened. Unfortunately, we are seeing the opposite now. There are more strays than ever. Many shelters are overfilled, which is terrible. Um, owner surrenders, like all those dogs that got adopted, um, a lot of them are coming back. It's just been, it's been really terrible for a lot of shelters and a tough time for Providence. So we look forward to raising, raising money. Um, and congratulations again, CJ, who did the right thing and adopted Norman. Norman. We've been hearing 
about the summer of 2024 from Daryl for a while, talking about cap space. If James Harden stays. It's all going to happen. And Tobias summer 24, stays. A roster that we can all believe in. Cap Exciting. Space. Cap space. Who could come? Who could it be, Spike? Could it be all of them? You never know. The cap could go way up. They could sign a new TV deal that for $87 trillion. Well, but then I guess everybody would have the same amount of money. So probably not. Everyone could decide. Bryce Harper panders so well. <laughs> that we're going to pander too. That we're going to pander too. Paul George wants yep. to pander like Bryce Harper. I have to admit, I've been long against Bryce's pandering. I know you have. But... but. Him name-checking Chuck from Mount Airy, who is my favorite WIP caller, not of all time. I would say Levi is number one of all time, of course, but Chuck, may he rest in peace. May, he, Bryce saying he hit a home run from Chuck from Mount Airy, he got me with the pandering. He fucking wow. got me. And Ike, Ike texted me. Ike Reese, he was like, I'm going to name my next dog Bryce. I love this guy. And I was like, he fucking nailed me with the Chuck from Mount Airy thing. I'm really mad. He's, he had a quote where he said... Uh... It's not pandering. I know people think it's, say it's pandering, but it's not. I just love being here. Like, <laughs> blah, blah. It's just like I'm just like, yes, do it. He fucking hit his 300th and he kissed, kissed his jersey, kissed the Phillies on the front. Yeah. The best. The uh, Sixers could learn a thing or two. Meanwhile, fucking Nick Nurse throws out the first pitch. And of course, the Phillies lose in the most Sixers way possible. He did of the, course uh, they do. the what's his fuck thing. The, yes, uh, he did the Craig Kimbrell thing that's Craig very Kimbrell nice, thing. Nick Nurse. But unfortunately, you already have the Sixers stink on you and the <laughs> Phil's lost because you were there. Get the fuck out of here. pathetic team. Disgusting. <laughs> Ruining the Phillies. The one good thing we have until the Eagles start very soon. Uh, so we've been talking about the cap space. Daryl has been bragging about the cap space. Danny LaRue at The Athletic wrote an article about potentially who the Sixers could use their cap space on. And I don't want to bore you with the details, but it sounds as if the way that Danny LaRue made it sound, they have a clear path to a 30% max, maybe even a 35% max, mm -hmm. and names the big free agents that would take all of them or potentially fitting two smaller size free agents in there. And the Sixers have to be so excited by mm -hmm. the possibility yep. of some of these things happening Yes. That they spent this entire offseason doing essentially nothing. To get Spencer Dinwiddie next summer. <laughs> they signed Pat Bev and Mo Bamba for the minimum. Yep. They re-signed Montrez Harrell because of some handshake agreement. Then Daryl tore Trez's ACL himself. And they allowed Philip Petrusev for the same friggin' Larry Hughes-ass promise that they made for his you know, pointless ass to mm -hmm. come, come stateside. So, and they signed a couple guys in two way that I liked and one guy in two way that I don't like. That's the off season. And James Harden has requested a trade very publicly. They have done nothing else. Other teams have made moves. The Sixers mm -hmm. not interested in moves. No moves nope. for them. Nope. They're not thinking even about moves next year. That's the long view folks is don't make any moves. Don't have a roster. Think about next year's cap space. That, one of one or more of these guys is going to make that all worth it. So who could it be, Spike? So before we rank them, actually, do you mind if I take talk for 10 seconds while I take my hoodie off? I'm a little hot. Hang on. You did you did have a nap. And sometimes a nap makes you your body heat hot. But that's what we and got. 
under my hoodie is a Ben Simmons trade just to fuck with you. No, I'm just kidding. So do you, it was your idea to rank these free agents. Yeah. Um, I assume we should just do the, the big star ones because the sure. other, so, so here's the list. The list is LeBron, Kawhi, Paul George, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, and Drew Holiday. Yeah. Which is, I don't think that there's that much of a difference price-wise for the next contract between Drew and maybe OG Mm -hmm. and some of the guys on the next list. But they've certainly, with the exception of, I guess, Clay, and he's obviously very old, um, wait, you don't think there's more. a difference between the price of these guys and the price on the, the price of the guys on the next list? Like DeRozan, I think could earn comparable to what Ananobi and Drew get, I would say. Well, Ananobi's getting a, a max. DeRozan's not. You think Ananobi's getting a full max? Uh-huh. A 30%. Somebody will give it to him. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I do. I do. That would be my my best guess. Now, Holiday's interesting because I Holiday's... Love, I love Ananobi, and 34. I don't think that he's worth a full max. It only say. takes one. Of course. Yeah. For sure. Uh, For sure. So, who would you rank? Do you want to rank them? Do you want to go number one? Who's your number one? My my number one is is pretty clearly Paul George. We are the same. I had um, Paul George number one. I think he his because the podcast's reputation has gotten pretty a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is funny. He did do a good Charles Barkley impression. It was a that's, great Charles Barkley impression. That's pretty don't cool. Undersell he it. Yeah. Asks interesting questions. Like good for Paul George. I'm sure so many of these guys don't have personalities at all. And I he would does. have expect he, Paul George. First of all, the most boring name in basketball history, and also <laughs> seemingly doesn't is what you know had a bad reputation as far as like vibes go, but like. He's good on the podcast. He's good. And, you know, he just, it's, maybe I'm thinking too much of fit or maybe I'm thinking, I'm, I think too highly of Maxi and Embiid, but like, he's just the perfect kind of player to place right in the middle of Maxi and Embiid. He can play on the ball. He can play off the ball. He can play defense. He's athletic. His game's going to age well because he can shoot. Um, he can distribute a little bit. Like he can just do some of everything. He is not an A plus at anything, but he's probably an A minus at literally everything in basketball. His um, problem is just he's hurt a lot, and he's, he's what's he going to be thirty three? Is he thirty yeah. three? Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's the same thing with everybody. But okay, so I also had Paul George number one. Who do you have number two? Um, I would probably say Kawhi, even though I feel like his game will age worse than Paul George. I think his knees hold up worse than Paul George, but just because of the, um, you know, Terminator esque success he has had in his career, um, specifically under Nick nurse, I think finding a way to make it so that he maintains health and load management and all that crap for the playoffs, I think would be worthwhile. It would feel a little bit weird. I would say, for Nick Nurse and Kawhi to win a championship for Philadelphia. But, you know, I guess it would feel weird if the Sixers won a championship in any way. So we, we would, I would deal with it. 
So I had OG Ananobi first or second. I mean, I love OG. He's obviously the youngest of most or all of these guys on this list. Um, I, I basically decided I just can't do the Kawhi thing. Like, I get I it. I just, it would be torture. And while he has games where you're looking at him and you're like, wow, he's unstoppable, mm-hmm. his athleticism has been so severely limited mm-hmm. by, by that knee. Like you can see it when you're watching him that I just eventually, he, I just, him playing 28 games for us, I just, I can't do it. So I had a, and an OB second. Yeah. I, I, look, I love OG, man. I've yeah. loved him for so long since before the year he came out. When you called him Og, um, he's just like, there's only so long you can believe that there's a lot more upside to untapping a guy. Yeah, I think he's turned himself into, especially since college, he's turned himself into a very, very serviceable or perhaps above serviceable shooter. But he's still not great. He's still not, you know, he's far from Jalen Brown as, a, as an offensive creator for himself and even further away as an offensive creator for somebody else he had the same amount of assists pretty much same amount of assists as turnovers last year i think part of that i he did shoot 39 percent on almost six threes a game yeah absolutely and he's and his free throw shooting over the course of his career has has gone steadily up he shot 84 percent from the line last year yeah but not on high volume he doesn't get to the line very often yeah there's just not that much stuff he does offensively i look again love him if he was on the team would be so thrilled i'm just not racing to give this guy a max contract when he's going to be 26 this is going to be his seventh year in the league and he's for as dynamic as he is on the defensive end and he's like incredibly special combining pretty much like the the steals and actions of matisse with like the sturdiness uh and um you know positional flexibility of like simmons at his peak he's really good he's an excellent defensive player there's there were guys in college that he that he defended where you're just like they couldn't move or breathe he's just like doesn't do enough stuff on the offensive end to where i would be excited to give him a max contract my number his assist percentage is at eight percent like that's nothing and I think part of that is because of Toronto, like because Masai, they haven't had many shooters there that they could just like spread the floor. And he's had to be one of those floor spreading shooters, essentially. And he's done a serviceable job of that. But I think there is a there's a real argument to be made that he is a significantly less talented offensive player than Tobias Harris. I know. Wow, that's just. I, I I think he's. A, I think maybe he's more willing as a catch and shoot guy. It's, it feels different when he's on your team than than when he's not. But he's just. There's not that much stuff he can do. We will get to the rest of the list after we talk about our sponsor, Cornblow and Cornblow. Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Huge announcement. I don't know if CJ knows this or not. Norman has joined Cornblow and Cornblow as their newest partner at Cornblow and Cornblow. He is wow. a lawyer now. He's only his second day at CJ's house, six months old, joins Cornblow and Cornblow. Wow. CJ putting him right to work. Congratulations, <laughs> Norman. Cornblow and Cornblow. Uh, you hear ads a lot, see billboards, 
see ads for personal injury lawyers. There is no shortage of that. But I can tell you the only one that you should be trusting is Cornblow and Cornblow. Reason being, when you see these ads and hear these ads, what you're calling is not really a law firm, though there is a law firm there. They're not even usually here in the area. They're somewhere else advertising. And all they're doing is trying to get referrals. It's just like a referral service. So you call up, you're not actually getting that law firm. And that is the difference with Cornblow and Cornblow. They've been here in the area for four decades. Um, that here in the Delaware Valley, based in Jenkintown, but offices all over the area with a true passion to help you to, if, if you are hurt, whether it is injured at work or a car accident or slip and fall or medical malpractice, which has been their specialty, they have some of the biggest results in Southeastern PA, they're there to help you. The process of a personal injury lawsuit is maddening and ir- I went through one and irritating and frustrating and time consuming. And you need a great partner in that. Cornblow and Cornblow, Adam Cornblow, our guy, great partner. His parents started the law firm, as I mentioned, four decades ago. He now runs it now. His mom is there. There's several Cornblows, including the newest Cornblow, Norman Cornblow. If you think you might have a case, just reach out. I guarantee you, you will get him. You'll get a Cornblow. Give him a call or shoot him an email. It doesn't cost you anything. 215-576-7200. Ask for Adam. Or email cornblow at cornblow and cornblow.com. Uh, cornblow spelled K-O-R-N-B-L-A-U. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. All right. Who do you have number three? So you have PG1. You have Kawhi 2. Who do you have three? I, I would go Pascal here. I, I had think, Pascal third as well. I think that he is sim- very different in stylistically from Paul George, obviously, but like kind of gives you some of all that stuff that Paul George gives you. Um, you know, operates from out on the perimeter, can run pick and roll. Uh, I think he gives you some positional flexibility defensively. Um, he can really shoot as well. Like he's turned himself into a really, he's really good touch. Like from the mid range, he's got, he's got such a funky thing. That's why we compared him to B-ball Paul so much because they're funky, but obviously Siakam has so much more touch around the rim and the mid range, all that stuff. He's long, he's athletic. He defends his position. He's turned himself into, especially because of the, the, you know, Van Vliet is, was a good player in Toronto, but like was also one of the floor spreaders that, is too small to do a lot of stuff. So Siakam had to take on a lot of uh, distribution and uh, creation for others. And, and he's turned himself into a really good uh, player about that. He's just, he's just good, man. And, and is it like the perfect fit? No, but that's why I'm not like super high on this class. Um, but he's still, he just turned 29 uh, a couple months ago and he gets the line. He's just a more he's just a more skilled offensive player, which in between Maxi and Embiid, I think I, I want that like you can give this guy the ball and he can get a good shot for him or someone else. Like he averaged five point eight assists a game last year. Um that's really impressive. They drafted this guy into the first round. He's still relatively in his you know, in his prime, could still get better. Hasn't played with that many shooters around him. I, I, I just think, can't I just stop think he's a really watching. good player. I had him number three. He just doesn't pass the eye test to me, though he had number three. The numbers are undeniable. I just can't stand watching him. 
You can't stand watching him because you think he, he just, takes bad shots? What do you think? He just looks like he's... <laughs> this is going to sound... He just looks like he's not good. Like, even if you, you compare he and Paul George's numbers, when I watch Paul George with the ball, I see a baller. When I watch Pascal Siakam, everything's awkward. Everything looks difficult. He's... Awkward in a good way, though, I think. I don't trust he's like an, off, an offbeat, like there's like shooting off the wrong foot type thing mid range, but he just like has really nice. I like, I appreciate guys. That's the one good thing I'll say about Petrushev just because he's on the team. Like he has really nice touch in the mid range. When the ball, I like a guy that puts a ball up soft and it just finds a way in. Kawhi does that in like inexplicable ways because um, he gets absolutely no arc on any of his shots. Um, but I think Siakam, when he's not forced to be the best player, would be a really nice number two, number three off of Embiid and Maxi. Who is your number four? I mean, or do you want to rank your final three? I guess it goes. So I was Paul George, Kawhi, Siakam, Siakam, and I was and Paul options, George, OG Siakam, and then the options are LeBron, Ananobi, and Drew. Mm-hmm. Drew is great. He is getting old yeah. pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, 34 I don't know that like in the next couple years Drew is Drew at a max contract versus like D'Anthony Melton at like the mid-level like I'd probably rather have D'Anthony Melton at the mid-level even though Drew might be better for another year or two in that but like Drew seems like a good partner to Maxi for to sure absolutely but so doesn't does Melton. need the ball plays good defense so yeah. does so is Melton for all those things. yeah 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 but but Melton's not a Melton's like a nightmare ball handler and Drew Holiday is and Drew isn't like a supernatural point guard but mm-hmm. he's so okay so who do you have but, for? but I think the idea you know you're thinking about what are they going to use this cap space for they're going to give this person ideally three or four years that's yeah, what yeah, they yeah. want I mean, maybe it'll end up being a one plus one if the player wants it. I don't know. But I think you you have to consider that they would give him three or four years with all the money in the world. So that's what I'm assuming is going to happen. I I don't, I mean, LeBron's still very good. But I, I don't really want LeBron. If, if there's a world where you can get Ananobi for less than the max, I would probably pick Ananobi. He's still young. He's a terror on the defensive end. He's a good shooter. If he wants to come play for Nick Nurse, that kind of thing. So Ananobi, um, Drew, LeBron? Is that- I would say if it's Ananobi at sub-max versus Drew Max, I would take Ananobi. If the numbers are equal, then I'd probably take Drew. Really? Ananobi's yeah. what, 27? Something like that? Uh, yeah. He's going to be. Hmm. Okay, so I go... No, he's, he's, he just turned 26 in July. Okay, so I go... My last three are Drew, Kawhi, and then LeBron. Kawhi's yeah. awesome. This isn't me disrespecting Kawhi. I, I promise you. Love Kawhi. I just... I can't can't do it. I just can't do it. Yeah, I, I mean, I just... To me, it's... Just, there's so few of these guys... Like, I think Siakam is a max contract guy. I think Paul George is a max contract guy. I think Kawhi is a max contract guy. Drew at his age especially LeBron at his age. I, I find it hard to go like, yep, four years. That's what they're going to be. I just find that tough to do. And that really boxes you in. And I would rather try to find, I I would rather, I want Embiid to be our like oldest and least athletic player. (laughs) 
And if you start to, it's a great quote. I do. I like, yeah. he's excellent, but I think the people around him, if he's hard, having to start to be like, go get that loose ball and stuff like you want other guys to have to be able to do the easy stuff around him that just require a, a, a high motor and like youthful energy rather than obviously PJ is an exception. Um, even though he doesn't have the athleticism, he does get to so many 50, 50 balls, especially when it counts. I just, I, I have a tough time giving a, a you know, committing a max contract of so many years to guys that I don't think are worth it. So like, if you're telling me LeBron, like, you know, drew for a max contract for three or four years versus DeRozan for like 20 million, I would go DeRozan. I, but I'm higher on DeRozan as, as in the context of this team than I think other people are. That's why I would trade. That's how, why I would be excited to trade Harden for him. Um, do you want to do the second group or is it not worth it? We could talk about it a little bit. I mean, like DeRozan and KCP would be really a nice pairing if that, if that happens, obviously KCP is a, you know, tailor-made, uh, wing three and D guy who's won many different levels in different teams. Um, and is still like athletic and not, you know, his, his joints don't seem to be Danny greened into the ground yet for, for quite a while. This, the second group, by the way, DeMar DeRozan, Clay Thompson, Miles Bridges, Mike Conley, Spencer Dinwiddie, Markel Fultz, Gordon Hayward, KCP. Um, yeah, I would, I would obviously, I've talked about Markel Fultz on here before. That would feel fun for me. Him and Maxi as a pairing is really good. I obviously, for domestic violence reasons, have no interest in Miles Bridges. Mike Conley is very old um, and pretty washed at this point. Although he's not useless, he's just not. He's just a role player now. Um, I, Dinwiddie, I don't buy, and I think I love. Well, sorry, let me go back. Dinwiddie, I I do like, and I like the skill set, but I think the mentality he would need to have yeah. is probably not right. He's a, um, a one year for eight million dollars guy, and yeah. maybe yeah. I, the the two Clay would be interesting if that worked out. I I don't I don't know how much I would I give him to make cooked. it worthwhile, but like. Clay Thompson, like being the culture setting vet that can still shoot and, and shoot off movement. There was a report. Uh, I saw something on Twitter. Someone sent it to me of like the Sixers having the fewest points off movement of anyone in the league this year. That's that, not surprising with James Harden. Not only is it not surprising, but it is like it couldn't confirm my priors anymore. <laughs> uh, they don't move at all. They're standing still between Embiid and Harden and PJ, like guys that are just not moving in any real way. And that also lends itself to the uh, wild predictability of of this roster and and how Doc led his team. Um, but Clay would be interesting if 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 they decided to. I don't think that they will. I think they they want to keep those guys together forever. Uh, but I'd be interested if you wanted to give Clay like I don't know two years like fifty million or something like that. That'd be interesting for me. Um. Understand your position on Bridges. I, I would pick KCP and Bridges. Um, I famously um, <laughs> don't care about the 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 how good any of the people we employ on the team are, um, but um, he is the best player, I think, of this group, it, especially given his age, at least of what I remember him. Um, and KCP seems to fit in on every good team. It's actually pretty impressive where KCP has come in his career, where he's like this good guy, like winner, almost like a Danny green, like, um, 
career he's molded into. So he'd be a great player to have KCP. Yeah. KCP is excellent. Yeah. Bridges just beyond the pale for me. I don't think it's, I don't think it's particularly close. Uh, Hayward would be interesting, but God, he's hurt all the time. He's hurt all the time. And it just hasn't worked out to bring former Celtics in. Has no, it? No. it just hasn't worked out. No. Now has it? No. Um, but if you, if you told me KCP Hayward, that's something. KCP DeRozan. We can't fine. do Hayward. Hayward's hurt all the time. Even Fultz, Fultz Clay. <laughs> those are those are some compelling. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm I don't want the cap space anymore. This Give this it away. Is what we can do. These are all the things we can do. Trade for Ben. Trade for Ben. That's still out there. <laughs> Always possible. Bring him home. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is why I look at these guys. The only the only player. Let's say let's say two players. Because I don't think Kawhi is likely. I think he wants to stay in L.A. forever. Um, Paul George and Siakam, to me, are worth going like, okay, I don't see any hardened trade this year that would be worth doing. Oh, getting both of them. Uh, I wasn't thinking both. But, oh, okay. Um, those guys being like possible you know, sure. franchise-shifting type players yeah. where if you can get them in the building for four years, like that's worth doing. Um, but the other guys, it's like that's why... I'm not so desperate. I don't think that Daryl's strategy of going, we're either we're holding on to Harden and he's playing here or we're getting someone so good. I just don't think there's that much of a difference. I don't think it's, I think it's unlikely we get either of these guys, PG, unless the Clippers decide they're done with it or, or Siakam. I think he'd have to want to come here. He'd have to want to play for Nick Nurse and maybe he does. Um, that it wouldn't be worth going like, well, let's try something for James Harden in, instead of James Harden this season because we have jo- Joel and Maxi, and what else are we doing? Why waste? Why are we wasting our time for a reward of cap space that I don't believe is likely to be fruitful? Maybe it will. I just feel I, it's either you're getting the honor of overpaying an old guy or you're you know compiling a couple $15, 20000000 million guys who you could do that now essentially there's not that much of a difference between going like kcp hayward and like norm powell you know batum covington mm-hmm. none of this is going to happen but that's why you do yeah that's why you get draft picks spike this is yeah. why this is let me talk to the the draft freaks you this talk is why to you get draft president picks. if you get talk to the president if you get Darryl. a Derek whitehead type guy they could become better than all of those guys but you know that when you're going to get a 29 year old a 34 year old fucking older guy like he's not going to get better you got to get lucky when so many bad things have happened to us we got lucky with maxi that he that he fell to 20 and then he he, he became 21 and became the player that he's become and you got to give your chance yourself the opportunity to get lucky and because the Sixers gave away so many picks over the last seven years, there are fewer opportunities for them to get lucky. And they've had a high success rate when, when they do make those picks. They've gotten mm-hmm. lucky a bunch. Mm-hmm. Let, let it happen more mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. We'll see. Um, Can I say one more thing just because it's, fo- it's, it's football season before we end? Sure. Yeah. I've talked about this guy a bunch on the podcast. It's been a while. Did you happen to read Matthew Berry's first love-hate column of the season no i don't i don't do fantasy so i've talked to you about this though i've talked on the podcast about the the beginning of his 
articles. Okay. Before he gets to the players he loves or hates this week or this season, he tells like a really long story and tries to be like really funny in it because he is a, he was at one point a, a comedy writer like 25 years ago. His before he gets to the players he loves and hates, he wrote 4061 words <laughs> in the article of the players he loves and hates on the season. It is remarkable. Did what you read he it? thinks? No, of course okay. not. Okay. But I saw how long it was and I copied it and I went to like wordcounter.com or whatever the fuck <laughs> and saw how many fucking words it was. And it was over 4,000 before he gets to the article that people want to read. People just skip past it, right? I, I ha- it has to be under 3% of people that read the whole thing. When he's talking about a story about like something his kid did or something. It's so bizarre. <laughs> Just tell us the matchups you like, man. And, and stop working so hard. Go back to your family that you're writing about instead of then writing about them for no one to read. It's for no one. Uh, and then he makes his little jokes. God, the little jokes. Just tell me like that fucking Darren Waller's a good matchup. That's it. Just say he's got a good matchup and he works over the slot. Well, anyway, we're back to football season. I'm excited. Oh, speaking of football, thanks to the Make the World the Better Foundation for having Mutlu and I do that podcast before the show. We have a huge, I think the podcast is like an hour and a half. It'll be on the Carl Landry Record Club podcast feed and our YouTube. Uh, they were nice enough to video it for us, but we had... We had Charlie Hall from War on Drugs and Amos, of course, but we had Connor Barwin, had Jordan Mailata and Jason Kelsey on the pod. Um, all uh, great. Jordan Mailata told this story about Lane Johnson getting everyone to listen to Mongolian hymns mm. before the game, um, which was wild. So I love the a, O-line, man. I love the O-line. Ma- and Kelsey is just the best. The best. Uh, Brandon Graham was there too. We didn't talk to him, but I just think it's so awesome that BG and Kelsey are still on the Eagles and yeah. still good. And Cox. Yeah. Yeah. They've been around a long time and they're still fucking good. Yeah. It's wild. 17 and 0. Wow. Bold. We will talk to you next time. Uh, if you emailed or voicemailed, we'll get to them next time. We have a, a lot of them. 17 and 0, 0 and 82. Those are my predictions. I'm parlaying <laughs> that together. What are the odds I can get? Can I would take them. Me. I would take 0 and 82 at this point. Yeah. 0 and 82, why not? It'd be fun. If yeah. We'll talk to you next time. Are you done with TTP? Yeah. You know, like this. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then I won't fuck, fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Thanks for playing, dude.